Welcome to another episode of Peaced Off with Will and Taco, brought to you by FantasySkiRacer.com and Shred Slytech. This is awesome. We got one of the best-looking skiers on the planet we He's get to talk so to. He's so good-looking. <laughs> no, but watching the dynamic Andrew Breibach fly down the hill um, and now getting to talk to him and, and pick his brain a little bit on you know his whole career and in the, the maturation of his mind is pretty awesome. And I think you're going to discover one of the unique parts about this show, and it, and, and it is the candidness. And um, I, I think he's uh, doing his laundry the whole time, getting ready to get on a plane tomorrow to go to Europe. <laughs> Sound quality might not be uh, be the best with Andrew trying to do his laundry, but uh, you mind, know he's mind got... the candidness. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that that goes to sh- like ski racing, man. He, he's back home for a couple of days, has a little time to talk to us, and and takes his time, but. Um, he has to do his laundry before you go back to Europe. Absolutely. I mean, they've got PTs, you've got technicians. There's no one to do your laundry. <laughs> the maid service is too expensive, that's the re- for sure. The reality of the World Cup. Andrew Weibrecht's ready. We got Andrew Weibrecht on the show. Will? Two-time Olympic medalist, ripping skier, and a good friend of mine. Andrew, how are you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you guys? Uh, terrific. Sun Valley's got a buttload of powder right now. Oh yeah, I heard about that. That's, <laughs> I stopped looking at Facebook because I keep seeing all these pictures from, you know, everywhere out west, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you've been riding the, the white, literally the white carpet in Europe right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's um, no. Uh, well, actually, I mean, I guess last week they got some natural snow, so. Um, That'll be good for TV. Yeah, it should should be nice. Hey, let me. I want to I want to ask you a, um, a, a kind of a, a tactical question. When you're and I meant I made mention of this uh, maybe like last episode. What's your lens preference right now with all the dark light over there? Um, you know, actually, I played around with it a little bit. I tried a yellow for a little little while. Um, like a brighter but, yellow. Yeah, like a bright yellow. But actually, I don't like yellow because it. It makes it look like it's bright out, but you still can't see anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, no, it's like, I think it's sunny almost. And then you start hitting bumps. You're like, no, nope. It sounds um, great for I, seasonal I, depression, though. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what um, a, I, I use a pink one, though. That's that's kind of my go-to right now. Nice. Uh-huh. Like the like the rosé? Yeah, light, light rose. Okay, dig it. Thank you. I needed that. Well, I guess we can start talking Santa Canarita. Was it that gnarly last year of a hill? Because on TV over here, it looked intense. And to me, it was because the lack of snow brought out all the terrain. Uh, is that a is that a good comment? Or how was it? Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably pretty accurate. Um, no, it was, it was totally brutal. Um, it's just, it's... It's it's kind of it's a weird hill. I mean, I the, the snow like when we inspected the first day, we we're like, oh, this is gonna be sweet, just like super smooth and and nice to ski. You know, kind of like Beaver Creek snow. And then after like two guys, it just broke up, and then was just super bumpy the rest of the week. Um, and it's super dark. You know, I mean, that's that's the toughest part about the hill is there's nothing like super like really inherently tough about the course itself or you know, the track, it's just crazy dark and, um, you know, pretty bumpy. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, last year was a little bit different cause the start was lowered and they 
start was dropped and it was snowing and stuff so it actually ran pretty slow it wasn't too intense but i mean the training runs last year were were or the one training run we got was intense so yeah i mean it's for sure i mean i would say the gnarliest course that we skied and is it Wait a minute, the gnarliest course that skied like past tense like this year or in general I, you know i i mean i it's just yeah i mean i i, I think it's in terms of like sketchiness and stuff, it's it's actually and and I think most of it stems from the light, but um, I mean it's it's just as gnarly as Kitzbühel, like in, in in my estimation. Wow. The and how much of that because we Bormio, you know, when you guys ran it for years, it always was one of the gnarlier ones too, and the light played a huge factor in that. And when it was run later in the year it wasn't as bad because the light was better, you know, is, is, is that yeah. how you feel about that hill as well? Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's totally it. I mean, I, I, if you could see where you're going, it wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> you know, just kind of a normal downhill. But yeah, I mean, even with that said, it, it's, it's a super fast track, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the crazy thing is that, you know, the, the one section kind of before you go into the trees, um, I mean, you're, you're, making turns at 150 clicks so it's it's like it's not you know it's no joke it's not like you know you're hitting bumps and it just feels fast because it's it's dark and you can't see it like it actually is super fast and so i mean it's just like it's just kind of a sketchy course you know more (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't sound that fun did you have fun on it no, you know, finally by the race day, I was able to ski a little bit offensively. So I had I had a decent time race day, but uh, training runs like forget it. Yeah. Terrible time. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do on race day when you've gone through your training runs? Um, it's maybe it hasn't come together yet. What do you What do you do to get that confidence on race day to go out of that gate? You know, I, for me, I, I think it's race day is actually pretty easy. You know, it's just it makes it it's it's easy to risk it. You know, and 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 you know put put some risk forward. And I think that just you know being able to get in that mindset where you're not holding anything back, um, just because there it is worth risking. You know that that in itself, you know, makes makes up a lot of the, you know, a lot of the issues that you have maybe in training runs where you're messing up sections or something like that. Um, you know, a lot of it is because you're not fully in the driver's seat. And for me, at least, um, yeah, I think it's a lot easier to get in the driver's seat and, and put forward that risk on race day. So, um, that seems to solve a lot of the, the problems that I have with training runs or, you know, um, it, it's, it's I, I treat training runs like more and more as I get older. Like really like training runs. You know, if if there's one section of a course that I want to, you know, make sure that I nail that day. You know, I that that's really all I focus on, and then um, I kind of piece the course together that way, and then and then you know try to try to put it all together on the race day. I don't need to, uh, you know, I don't have that desire to try to win a training run anymore. Like if it happens, it happens, but. Um, not like going super aggro gunning into stuff just because 
yeah, there's what's the point? You sound like a true champion and a veteran. <laughs> when to... when did that happen? <laughs> right? Um, you know, about 20 B-nets ago. <laughs> well, um, I guess watching your first race this year in Lake Louise, the first run, uh, you're coming down and absolutely ripping um, that downhill course, and you get flagged. And that was kind of, for me, the wake-up call of, like, wow, the momentum that you started building last season in your downhill skiing, in your Super G skiing, has started to really, you know, it must have given you a lot of a lot of motivation this summer and, and transported you to a point where your skiing's really hit the next level um, in the World Cup. How do you go from um, where you were to where you are and mentally like what was the what were the changes and challenges that you had to overcome um yeah i mean i you know kind of what i figured out at the end of last year you know sort of you know i guess you know middle of the season last year was that i, I just need to really relax when i ski and that that's when i um you know that's when i ski my best as soon as i stop trying to go fast and um, stop focusing on you know the result end of it, or even even the result so far as like uh, no, I just want to like ski fast. I don't you know I'm not worried about what my time is or anything like that. Um, that's when I, I I can actually just relax into it. Um, you know, it's kind of a weird thing happens where I can I can actually see the line, I can see the course. You know, I'm not putting my head down. I'm not you know doing little stuff that you feel like when you're skiing you know like trying to tuck as as low as you possibly can whereas like if you tuck half an inch higher like you're able to actually relax and and like run turns out and stuff and and that's kind of like the shift that i i've made in my skiing is just being able to like fully relax and not not try to go not try to do too much or, or, you know, do something that's, that's not necessary. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I figured that out last year and really I, I just worked on that all summer. You know, it's just kind of that mentality of, um, you know, just, just trying to let my natural skiing take over and do its thing. And, um, yeah, it's 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 been great just just being able to build that consistency and and you know keep things rolling. Yeah, I I remember Manny was uh, when he was on the show earlier in the season. He was talking about how um, they kind of took took a step back from focusing on the weaknesses and, and started hammering on the strengths and improving the strengths. So, would you say that that's something you're relating to right now in your own skiing? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, I, I, I know um, what I need to do and, and, and where I'm at, you know, with exactly my strengths. But at the same time, just, you know, that's kind of actually helped my weaknesses get better as well. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not, right. you know, so. I, I want to bring up something that uh, I've been meaning to talk about, so I'm so glad you're here to talk about this with. And it was look, I was going over the data from Beaver Creek, you know, back in December, and noticed in the most technical por- uh, portion of the downhill, 
through that windy pitch and whatnot, you won that split from <laughs> one to two. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I'd heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, you, I mean, you're a terrifically technical skier as well. I mean, your result from U.S. Nationals GS last year go go just goes to show that. Um, but I mean, I mean, is that a product of just one of your strengths is be, being a, being a technical speed skier, or was that just you knowing where to be at the right time, like nailing it in training and whatnot, knowing where to be? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I mean, that's that's kind of the the the, the type of skier I am as as a technical speed skier, exactly. But um, you know, I I've also you know. Like I was saying before, you know, with kind of the new mentality that I have, I've actually not only started making good technical turns, but started making good fast technical turns. And and there's a big difference because you can, you know, turn the crap out of a turn and it's going to be sweet, but it's going to be slow. So, um, you know, that's, that's the, the, those are the type of transitions that I've, I've started making and, um, you know, I, it's it's just it's been good. You know, it's it's helped helped me all around as a, as a skier. That's sweet. That's uh, that's really cool. I guess your career path has has you know you've gotten you know the amazing results and then and then the lulls between that and and for some people I don't think they realize how hard that is. What um, can you touch? Like we and you have talked a lot about the mental game, um, about working on the mental game. Feel like there's a lot of ski racers out there um, that could use some guidance in that. Can you touch a, a little bit about you know your preparation and and how you've changed um, your mentality, how you've worked through trying to trying to figure out exactly how to execute um, your turns, your skiing, and everything that you want to do within your skiing? Yeah, um, I mean, and, and before the the year of the. 2014 Olympics, uh, one of my old coaches, Mick Branch, referred me um, to this mental coach that, that lives in Austria, and I started working with him, this guy, Bernie Payet. Um, it's just, it's totally, we've worked on a lot of stuff that's that's totally changed my, the way that, um, you know, I, I view ski racing, and, and I mean, generally, uh, just a lot of things, but, you know, wh- what it comes down to for me is, is just... I, I have I have pretty bad anxiety and so or you know I did and and so um, everything I do now is is just to just to relax me going into a race you know I I mean I, I I do yoga the night before which you know I think just all the breathing and and meditative stuff like with that you know helps helps get me generally relaxed and then um, you know just just all day I mean it's 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 even stupid stuff like I don't listen to the pep talks and um you know the 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 meetings that we have you know the night before the races where you know there's there's always it's like any athletics there's there's a lot of like the rah rah um mentality like gotta go go get them guys like and I just totally um go on my phone and like Instagram or whatever but um and, you know, I mean, it was just, it, it was just, I, I figured out what my process was and, um, you know, it's, everybody's, everybody's different with that. And, and, uh, you know, I think 
so much of the time, you know, you, you, you see guys that, that you look up to and, um, like, Dr. Lyman, he would just, like, like freak out and froth at the mouth when before you start. And so I think every kid did that because he was the best. And, um, you know, some people that works for and some people it doesn't. So it was, it was just, you know, it's been it's been kind of a couple years of self-exploration for me when it comes to that that type of stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just figured out, you know, what the zone that I need to be in to, uh, to work well. And, and is that, like, I guess my big question is the bigger picture is, yeah, we're ski racers, or I'm not anymore, but now you're a ski racer, but soon you won't be. And, and these mental challenges and stuff that you've come through in this sport, will that help, you know, bleed into your personal life and, and, and years to come? Yeah, I mean, I you know, this type of stuff is, is totally helped me with my personal life now, you know, just whatever being, um, just a calmer person and, and kind of a more, more centered and, and, um, well-rounded person. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been great just cause, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happier being this way. And, uh, I think that as I go forward and I, I face my new challenges and stuff, I, I think, you know, that's, it, that's going to be something that, can, will continue to be important for me. Do you, do you think part of your mental challenge from, from or mental challenges that you faced earlier on did it have anything to do with being a middle child? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think middle child is for sure no <laughs> 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 I, I just think that in itself is a big accomplishment. Being a middle child, <laughs> and, and becoming becoming a, becoming a champion, having been a middle child. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's not it's not to be taken lightly. <laughs> <laughs> you, I guess one of my favorite things when I watch you succeed is seeing you in the finish in your reaction, because it seems like it's it's so much about you against the hill, not you against everyone else. Is is that how you race? Yeah, um, you know, and that that's that's more and more. I mean, it kind of all ties back to the the mental stuff that I've been doing, where it's it really really doesn't matter. You know, what I mean, it's 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 kind of a totally internal thing. You know, with the, if if I feel like I I did my job well, then I'm psyched about it. If if I feel like I I left some out there, you know probably not so psyched I can get over it if I was still fast but um you know it's um it definitely definitely has a lot to do with that well moving forward uh you have some big downhill races coming in one super g uh Vangen and then Kitzbühel uh can you go through you know your preparation and what you're what you're doing to get ready to succeed on those hills uh yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to head back to Europe tomorrow and um, just train for, for a couple of days, get back to the swing of things. And then, um, yeah, I mean, two, two super tough downhills, but also um, two tracks that I, 
I, I like a lot, and I've um, had a lot of fun skiing in the past. So I'm look, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I, I, January ski racing is, is kind of the the pinnacle of, of what we do. You know, I mean, it's just it's super full on and it's busy, um, but it's also really exciting just with all the energy. So, um, you know, I mean, I think a big part of those couple weeks is really, you know being careful with how much you do and regulating your energy and stuff like that. But, um, no, I mean, really looking forward to those. It should be, should be cool. Is it going to be extra challenging for you at those ones? I feel, I imagine, I mean, there's such big races. There's so much energy with just the crowds, the town, the buzz. I mean, do you have to spend, do you in particularly need to be extra careful about regulating your calmness or your energy levels at those places? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, and I, I mean, I, I would imagine everybody does, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's really important to not get caught up in the, the extraneous stuff, you know, at, at those venues, just because it's, it's easy to do, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just, you know, kind of really compartmentalizing the, the part of that race that is the, the crowd and, and that whole deal, and then, you know, keeping keeping focused on what we're doing as our job. Totally. What uh? What are the Vangen and then Kitzbühel are such different downhills? How do you, in, in the sense that you know Vangen's more gliding, uh, it's a longer longer hill, so your mind has to be in tune longer to Vang or to Kitzbühel, which is a lot more craziness going on. How does your mental game and preparation um, on race day change at each of those venues? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Kitzbühel is definitely a higher stress downhill, you know, and that's that's something that is, uh, I mean, it's definitely definitely a factor. But um, you know, I I like both tracks. It's just Kitzbühel over Vengen, you know, Vengen's nice because you go out of the gate and you've got time to kind of work into the, the course, you know, you've got a, a long gliding section on the top to make sure that, you know, your skis are turning and things like that when you get down to the, the gnarlier sections. Kids Fuel is so the opposite where you're like looking down this 50 degree pitch, you're like, man, I hope I my downhill skis turn today because <laughs> they don't. That's gonna be a bummer. <laughs> I mean, that just just that alone is is stressful. But um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, that's that's one of the challenges of Kitzbühel in itself is that you know you're you're contending with issues like that. So it's all it's all just part of it. Um, for the record, are you are you heating up a burrito in the? microwave right now no dude he's doing his laundry he's got it up to you <laughs> yeah i was turning my laundry on <laughs> just checking i didn't know if your last minute comfort food or something <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> my uh one of my last questions here is uh in in groden last week uh is that correct groden yeah it was Groden. yeah sorry uh i guess before christmas yeah. Uh, you know, you do your training runs, and then you have the Super G race, and then you have the downhill race. Kitzbühel is the same same format. 
Yeah. How did that has to be a challenge in, in itself, right? Changing gears to, to a different event, um, while you were training the last event, preparing for, you know, the, the downhill race on the Saturdays, how, how does, how does that preparation change? And, and is it, is it a challenge? Yeah, that's, that's always actually pretty funky, you know, and, and one of, one of the biggest challenges for me with that type of stuff is, um, you know, I, I found that I, I, I have my best results when I, you know, especially in Super G, you know, I really need to train Super G during the week of the event to, to I don't know, it's just a, a confidence thing or, or whatever, you know, just to kind of work the kinks out, and so, um, you know, that's, that's always kind of a tough thing with, with those weeks is, is fitting that in, because, you know, you're like, two training runs, and then race and and it, yeah i mean it's just tough you, you're kind of you're cramming a lot of stuff into yeah, I, I, where, where do they have the room for training super g on a, on a downhill training day i mean just make it work you know it's it's it could be an afternoon session you know in in kitsville i usually go someplace else because the the training in kitsville actually sucks so <laughs> copy you know they don't they don't have any really good warm up there, which is another <laughs> scary thing about it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just that's that's one of the the tough things. It's a, it's like a necessity that that I do that, but at the same time, that makes those weeks super super long. So you know, it's tough. It's just it's it's a big balance. But yeah, I mean. You know that this to go back to the switching event thing. It, it's it's really weird. I mean, it's a it's a funky thing they do, and it's it's not for the sake of the the race itself. It's for the the TV viewership, and right. you know, so it's 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 not for our benefit, and it's um, you know, challenge. But I don't know. Everybody does it. So do you blame them? I mean, for I mean, for t- I mean, we're talking about. We've talked in some of the episodes about like television viewership and making it more accessible visually. I mean, I mean, does that when you think about it that way, does it really bother you? No, because you know it's a business, and you know it's it's our business too. You know, we we what's what's good, what what gets viewed um, at the end of the day benefits us as well. You know, because mm-hmm. we're getting out there, we're getting viewed, so. Um, it, it's annoying, but it's, it's just something that's, that's worth working past, you know? Yeah, totally. I get in to speak on viewership. You were part of the, you know, the new GS duel there at, uh, Alta, Alta say, Yeah. Uh, what was your, what was your experience at the race? I saw, I saw Jitloff knocked you off because, uh, you missed the gate first run, um, and then uh, Andrew, dude, you got to work on those uh, those gate starts. I think a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, well, I did my first first starts that that morning. <laughs> I we we did a we did like a forty minute training session, and in five seconds, I got half a second faster. So <laughs> it's a pretty good session. I mean, I, I time so. It was good, but yeah, I mean, you know, I that was a that was a cool um, cool event. I, I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, you know, I mean, they have some kinks to work out a little bit, just with you know maybe letting the athletes inspect and stuff like that. You know, just 
kind of those little details, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's cool. And I, I thought it was, I, I watched, you know, after I got knocked out, I watched the rest of the, the race and I thought it, thought it looked great on TV. You know I mean? I think it's, it's just a lot of action and, I, I think the dual GS is, is kind of cooler than the dual slalom just because, um, you know, it, it includes a lot more guys just because everybody trains GS, so everybody's sort of, you know, skiing on GS skis. How did, how did you get called in for that start? I mean, was there were there was there an opening and they said, w- w- do you want to come over and race this? Or, or how, did you, how did you get into Altabidia for that? Uh, there's, it was just the, the way they had the criteria set up. Um, you know, the, the top, you know, what they did, like, I don't know. It was like 28 guys from, like, 14 guys, top 14 guys in GS standings. And then the top, the next 14 guys that weren't qualified um, from the Alta Badia race, the first round of the Alta Badia race the day before. And then I think the top four guys that weren't qualified in either of those that, that were, um, you know, just on the, the overall standings. So I was I was the third ranked guy on that list, and uh, so yeah, that that's that's how I got in. So I, I'm, yeah, it was, it was it was fun though. You know, I mean, cool to do. It was fun to raise a little bit of GS. You know, it's something I like to do, but don't necessarily always have the time. So, oh, me. One more. Uh, my last question for you is. When you you talk about training super G during the week uh, at speed events, do you have, is there is there time where you train GS instead of super G? Um, like just as a supplement, or do you always get super G if you can get super G? I I always get super G if I can get super G. Um, just because you know, just just to kind of more for the timing and stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's, it's and uh, but. Um, I, I do try to train GS every once in a while. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes in the speed weeks, you have so much time during the day that it, it just makes no sense not to train. You know, it's it's like some of, some of the, the, the downhill training days, you know, like inspections at 9 and then the run's not till like 12.30. So, you know, you're just sitting there, so... Um, I try to get out and train, you know, whatever, but definitely the weeks that there are, is a Super G, that's kind of my, you know, that's my focus. So you'll go inspect a downhill, then you'll go train Super G, and then you'll go race that downhill, or run that downhill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, that is, that. you want to talk about another mental game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess, the life of a ski racer, you got a kid on the way. And, uh, yep. so, so what do you have a, uh, <clears throat> you have a plane ticket just on a flex date for, uh, for whenever you get the call and need to fly home? Yeah, pretty much. Um, right now I'm scheduled to fly home on the 7th, um, of February, the due date's the 6th. So hopefully, hopefully it just comes, comes a little on the late side and, you know, no issues, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, then I mean I'm I'm basically prepared to to jump on a plane whenever and and uh, come back and be that supportive husband slash father that <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> right on. 
Well, cool. well thanks. Uh, you got an exciting, exciting week, uh, weeks ahead, you know, with these yeah. epic races and then, uh, and then to see your, uh, your little one. So congrats to the family. Thanks so much for taking the time and, uh, and let it rip and, and we're rooting for you, man. Thanks guys. Anytime. Well, I really am fired up for Weidbrek in the next month, month, the rest of the season for that matter. But I mean, it just seems like he's really figured some things out and, um, you know, it's it, it just it's a process that you're constantly respecting. I think you know that's one thing I I learned from Bodie Miller is that if you don't have a love or respect for the process, you're really going to have a hard time just going through all of it. I mean, how do you else do you get through? I mean, Weibrecht's been on the national team for a very long time. There's yeah. no doubt about that. I mean, and he had some pretty great success as a young a youngster that got him there. But you know, it also took him a long time to get where he is from there. It wasn't just getting on the national team and it was all gravy from there. No, and, and he was a dynamic skier. He's had these popping results and then lulls. And for him mentally to go through it all is is so interesting. And I, I, I really, our listeners, if you go back and watch him in the finish at Beaver Creek, you can see a guy, or the finish when he was at um, in the Olympics, you see a guy who was happy with how he skied. It was right. about him. It was about his challenges that he had to overcome. And it, you can see that coming through when he's in the finish line. And that's the coolest part about the sport is, you know, some people race against each other, and that's what brings the most out of them. And some athletes are racing against the hill and themselves mm-hmm. and and the feeling of, of pushing yourself to something that you never knew was totally possible, but you thought, could be possible. Yeah, I think one, one, one other thing is uh, that's probably one of the only times you're going to see a content smile on his face to begin with. <laughs> one of the other things I would like to bring up that, that we never got to talk to him, him about, and I, I definitely spent uh, a good solid 20 minutes in Charlie's uh, once in Hood um, talking to him about this just uh, once he got on head, switching from Rosie to head, which was between uh, 2010's uh, bronze and then 2014 silver and a big piece of that had to do with um, getting with Alex and Ted's technician and, and having the skis kind of um, get get an extra jolt you know what I mean yeah and he he also worked with Kraus uh, yeah. Bodie's tech in, the, in yeah. that time frame I think he was the one doing his speed skis at the Olympics right um, but you know the transition from head was a I think a, a big switch for him because mm-hmm. it allowed him to really you know start over with a lot of his uh, technical things within his equipment and and sometimes that change is is huge for an athlete shock to the system it's shock to the system for an athlete that's needed it, it kind of and for me i think it jump started him it, yeah. it started you know the belief was kind of lagging there a little bit i mean just like mancuso he was on rosignol pretty much his whole life whole life He's, i mean topolino yellow rosignol yeah like Right through the whole get-go. Yeah, and, and he had so much success there and in a company that really supported him. Um, but he, you know, needed a change and he found a company that was going to support him and technicians that could really help him. And there was guys on the team, you know, we talked about it, touched on it with Bryce Bennett and, and working, right, with, exactly. working with Leo and Steven. For Andrew even to come back and work, you know, Ted's put so much work into the head race boot. Bodie developing skis and and having those you know teammates to help guide him to what's right for his skis with head has been a huge huge jump in his skiing. I think it's um, really saved the transition for him to be 
being Andrew Wybrick bronze medalist to Andrew Wybrick silver medalist to Andrew Wybrick a successful World Cup skier. And yeah. it's funny how that really that that didn't really all work in the exact order it usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, which again can touch bases on like how hard of a mental journey it is for him, even though he's had successes and, and, and unbelievable experiences, it hasn't been an easy ride and for him and, and where he is at Nat right now in his skiing um, is fun to watch. And, and it, as a friend and as a, as a ex teammate and as a fan of the sport of ski racing, having him skiing like this is good for the sport. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, thanks again for tuning into another episode of Peace Off. I know Will and I have got some fantastic individuals lined up for on the docket this month. Um, also, can expect some some episodes where uh, we just get to banter a little bit more often. Um, call it comic relief, um, <laughs> uh, if or lack thereof. But um, you know, please stay tuned with us, and uh, we're going to do our best to put these out on time so that everybody's getting what they need. Um, like I said, we are brought to you by FantasySkiRacer.com and Shred Sly Tech. I'm excited for these uh, races coming up. This month of January is awesome. I can't wait to watch some more ski racing, James. Have a great racing month, everyone. Love it. <laughs>